0: Welcome back to Millennial Life Crisis. It is me, Monica, here, and kind of Shelby. Shelby's kind of here for this episode. Hey. Hey, guys. (laughs) I was yelling because I was far from the mic, but I'm here for the intro. Today's episode is going to be another solo Monica episode. We're going to get into part two about my ex-boyfriend that cheated on me, how we got back together, why we got back together, why we ended up breaking up, what you can learn from that, I guess. I wanted to take a week off to really think about How I want to go about it, and I really enjoyed listening to Shelby's solo episode. So, if you guys haven't listened, be sure to listen after this. It's a good one. So, we're just gonna start off together doing our Millennial Life Crises of the Week. I know the proper term is probably crises, but I like crises better. I just want to set the scene for you guys really quick. Me and Shelby are in Palm Springs, California, middle of July it's gonna be 110 degrees outside today. Isn't that crazy? And my millennial life crisis of the week is realizing your girl loves the desert life. I'm like, why do I live in Seattle? I love 100 degree weather. I know so many people hate it and I honestly don't mind it at all. I love Palm Springs. It is like my place. I'm enjoying it so much. Feels magical. But my crisis is I kind of wish I could move here, but I could never move here full time just because the demographic of people that live here are older and I would have literally no friends except for my friends that are older, which are great friends, but I need friends my age as well. I would have no social life. I would just lay in the sun all day and probably eventually get skin cancer. So (laughs) I want to clarify by older monica doesn't mean like oh they're like 30 like people the family no like actually like 70 like retired people like really old it's it's a town like that but it is a cute town it's really cool it's just great here i just want to spend more time here uh so that's why me and Shelby are looking into buying a vacation rental like income property kind of thing but That's my crisis. I'm realizing, holy shit, I love the desert and I live in like the rainiest region of the United States. I actually don't know if it for sure is. It just kind of gets that reputation. But what am I doing, y'all? What am I doing? All right, Shelby, what is your life crisis? My life crisis is I just feel kind of burned out. Like, usually when I get to working on something, I'll kind of get in that flow state and start enjoying it, even if it's something I initially am procrastinating or don't want to do. But this week, I was just so, like, going through the motions and looking at the clock and being like, dang, it's only, like, this time. I think it's kind of just, you know, pandemic life, being stuck inside kind of deal. I don't know. I haven't really been enjoying, like, editing or working on videos because rather than going and interviewing someone and getting cool B-roll, like, I was getting B-roll of my computer screen of i don't it, like it was just so boring i mean i feel really lucky to still be able to do that but it definitely is just getting kind of like oh my god like i just can't take this anymore anyone else feel me on that okay cool that's mine all right you guys can send in your millennial life crises of the week to podcast at gmail.com and i'm gonna dive into some of those later in the episode but now Today's episode is sponsored by Raycon. Raycon is a premium wireless earbud company that was co-founded by Ray J and other celebrities like Snoop Dogg and Cardi B. And I think they know a thing or two about good sound quality you know. Raycon earbuds start at about half the price of any other wireless premium earbud on the market and they sound just as great. They sent me their new model the Everyday E25 earbuds which are their best ones yet. They have a playtime of six hours, seamless bluetooth pairing, more bass and a noise isolating fit so you hear less of what's outside and more of what you want to hear. I really like the way that these look. They're super discreet. They don't dangle. There's no wires or anything like that. They fit nicely. They're very comfortable. I've been using these like crazy especially the last few days in Palm Springs laying by the pool fun fact Palm Springs doesn't allow you to play your own music outside they have a no music ordinance it's very strict so my Raycons have been especially clutch for me this last week if you guys are interested in picking up some Raycon earbuds of your own you can get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com MLC that's buyraycon.com MLC for 15% off your order I don't know where this episode is going to take us. It's going to be a roller coaster, you guys. It really, really is. Let's just dive in, I guess, where we left off. If you haven't listened to episode one, I talk about everything that went down with my ex boyfriend, how he cheated on me, and how all of that went down, and how I, I guess, healed from it. Where we left off was basically telling you guys that we ended up getting back together. So he cheated on me in the beginning of July and then we ended up kind of seeing each other all through. August and September and October and then fully being back together probably in October and then we broke up just in May so like the very beginning of May. I want to start off with I feel like to be getting into such a personal thing that I honestly don't really want to relive and I know my ex boyfriend doesn't want to relive it either. I don't think it's a hard thing for both of us so I feel like there has to be something that we're all getting out of this. Okay so I just want you guys while you're listening to think about what you could be getting out of this episode. Maybe you could be dealing with your own cheating situation. Maybe it could happen to you in the future. Maybe this could be just a lesson for you on forgiveness and moving forward or maybe you could look at this from a perspective of you're someone's friend and your friend got cheated on and trying to learn their perspective of things because I know for me one of the hardest things was just no one understanding what I was going through. Actually maybe a couple people but but very few people understanding what I was going through very few people willing to have an open mind about things and hopefully this opens up your guys's minds to the fact that you know life and relationships and cheating and all these things it's not black and white there's gray areas there's these things called emotions that get in the way and we're all trying to do what's best for us so let's get into it so where we left off was my boyfriend had gone on his birthright trip and cheated on me casual and I found out And then what I didn't tell you guys was, so we were going to meet up in Mallorca, which is this island off of Spain. I don't know. I just, I found it online. I thought it looked really cool. And the plan was to meet in Mallorca and he, after being in Israel, was going to meet me there. And yeah, I think I've said he was going to meet me there like seven times now. Okay. So we were going to meet there. Yeah. Cool. Got it, Monica. But then having found out he cheated on me during his trip two days prior to me supposed to be leaving to go to Europe, I decided not to go. And he still ended up going to Mallorca and he said he had a horrible time he told me this when we met up when we both got back from our europe trips but for me this was kind of like he deserved this shit. okay he went to majorca by himself for like five days and the island was just filled with couples that honestly made me feel a lot better i'm like dude yeah you deserve that. Like, what the hell did you just do? At the very least, he kind of was reaping some repercussions for his actions. So there was this weird in-between time where we were kind of corresponding a little bit over email because we hadn't seen each other in over a month because we had both been traveling. He started going to Europe first and then I still went to Switzerland and I think during that time he was on his way back to the United States and so it was a weird thing to deal with learning this news about this person you spent the last like year and a half of your life with and you're not even going to see them face to face and you haven't even seen them in a month. It was weird and it felt like I wasn't fully processing what had happened So then when I got back from my trip, we decided to quickly just meet up to give each other back our stuff and maybe just talk a little bit and see each other face to face because, you know, I was angry. I was really angry. My emotions started off pissed and that was my initial reaction from everything that happened because you feel like you wasted your time and that person just fully disrespected you. So I was harboring a lot of angry feelings and I wanted to meet up. Up with him and let him know how I felt about it. So we decided to meet up, but we had no real common ground of a place to meet. We couldn't meet at the house I was living in because I was living with four other girls and we just have no privacy. And he was living in a house with three other guys and we would have no privacy there either. So we were like trying to look for a park near my house. And the closest thing that we could find was a cemetery. We were like, this is super weird, but at least it'll be very private. So I walked over to the cemetery, I was like, holding his sweatshirt and I think a pillow and we get there and it's just super weird it's super like I we couldn't even look each other in the eye I feel like from what I can remember. And we both kind of sat down on a wooden bench or a tree stump. It was something like a tree stump. You know, I wasn't about to sit on someone's tombstone. That would be weird and disrespectful. So we both sat on a tree stump, but our body language was just not even facing each other. We might have been like barely touching, but both our knees were kind of jutted outwards at fully opposite diagonal angles. I honestly, I couldn't, Tell you what I said in that moment. I don't remember now, but it was something along the lines of just being angry and sad and mad and like, how could you do this? That sort of thing. And I don't really fully remember what he said in that moment either. What I do remember is those angry feelings quickly turned to both of us just feeling sad and just feeling like it was such an unfortunate thing that happened. And yeah, it kind of just melted into a puddle of sadness and I was no longer angry per se. So by the end of the talk, it was like okay, this is over though. This was our talk and I'll miss you, but goodbye. And he was planning on moving back home to the East Coast because he had, you know, finished school, been out of school for a year and didn't really have much going on in Seattle and wanted to really figure out his life, I guess, and just knew he needed to go back home in a couple of weeks. And so so we said goodbye and it seemed like the last time I was ever going to see him. I'm really bad at goodbyes and And then the next day we both were like i think we need to see each other again i don't know if i'm done talking and basically just that seeing each other again turned into you know us talking and hooking up and all the things that happens sometimes during breakups and your emotions are running extra extra high and it's hard to see the clarity of what's real and what's just you being super emotional because you're afraid of fully losing someone so that's pretty much how it all happened we just never actually stopped talking we just kept talking kept seeing each other and there were some interesting things that happened during this two-week period that he was still in Seattle before moving home to the east coast which by the way made it so much harder it's like every time we saw each other We weren't sure if it was going to be the last time we ever see each other again And so we both just cried so much. Oh, it was horrible We were just both really sad within this two-week period. I didn't think we were going to get back together I thought we were kind of just seeing each other and I didn't really know what was going on It's not that I didn't think we were going to get back together I I didn't know at all what I wanted to do at all and it felt like, you know After what had happened after he cheated on me and the relationship was over but we were still kind of seeing each other It was this interesting time where all the walls that were built up in our relationship that we didn't even realize. Like I thought at the time we had pretty good communication, but we really didn't always. They all came down because there was no stakes. There was literally nothing else to lose. The relationship was already thrown in in the trash and so it was this interesting time where we kind of got like a bottle of wine and some cheese, a nice cheese board and drank and talked about things that we were always really afraid to talk about being in a relationship like the idea of one day living together, you know, like bigger milestones and things like that and how we both felt and if we felt like that was something we could have seen with each other when we were in the relationship. It was just very eye-opening and surprising for me that, you know, I'm in this relationship with this person that I know so well yet I didn't even realize we actually weren't talking about things that were important to talk about I don't know I guess I see why like couples go to therapy and things like that because it felt like a therapy session for us but we didn't need some mediator because we, we were just like you know what there's nothing else to lose let's just talk about all the things like I feel like this isn't helpful because I I don't remember the stuff we talked about fully and I think it's because I just I think my memory blocked out at this point a lot of what happened I think it was easier for me getting through the anger getting through the sadness and finding this forgiveness after doing that it was just easier for me to block out certain things of the past and forget about the cheating and forget forget who the girl was, like I couldn't even tell you the girl's name, like I don't remember those things, and there were things that in the moment, I thought I would never forget, and things that I thought would haunt me, and I thought, God, this is so horrible, how I, I know what this girl looks like. Oh, did this mm, so bad, but once I went through these steps of anger, sadness, and forgiveness, all that didn't matter at all anymore. I really got over it. And I feel like my memory kind of blocked it, but didn't really like suppress it in like a bad way. So that's what I want to get into right now is how you can get back together with an ex that did you wrong in some way. And maybe like if you should, I'm not, I'm not saying like you should, I'm not saying it's a really good idea, but I'm saying it for some people it is possible. And the biggest thing was it was really difficult. Obviously, like cheating is one of the worst, I mean, I feel like cheating is the worst thing that could happen in a relationship. Besides, I don't know, literally killing someone, that would be worse. So how do you forgive someone and move on and maybe get back into a relationship? For me, what I realized, the biggest thing, if someone does you wrong in any ways, you have to figure out why they did what they did. You know, you really have to analyze it and figure out where they were coming from and why they did that. And if you can live with the why they did something and if it's something that they can maybe fix that reasoning on why then maybe you can get to a place where you're okay again and that's the thing with cheating the why can be very different like for some people it can be because they're literally a sex addict and can't help their impulses and cheat with multiple different partners if you find that that's the why you really can't get over that one you know what I mean in my case the why of why the cheating happened was very obvious and it was something we're both able to talk about and it was because we both wanted different things in life and we're both really neglecting our relationship. There was this pressure of him wanting to travel and me not wanting to and... It got to this point where we just weren't on the same page at all. I think I was kind of looking down on him. I think he was feeling really insecure. And the reason why he did it is because he felt I wasn't giving him enough support. And it's not to blame things on me. Obviously, it's not my fault. Like, no one should do that even if they feel insecure. Like, you still shouldn't cheat on someone. Like, that's so stupid. But, I mean, there's a reason people do it and figuring out that reason. So, I'm like, okay, we figured out why it happened. And we were not, we were in like a really not great place in our relationship that I didn't fully realize. And he straight up got to the point where he was on this trip. And when he made that decision, he thought to himself, I'm just going to break up with her when we get home to the US. Still a really shitty thing, though, to be like, I'm going to cheat on her and not tell her and then go to a different country with her. this stuff still makes me really mad sometimes and I know it doesn't make sense I know you're probably still like but why'd you get back together with him but you know what we both figured out the why the big why was like he wasn't happy in his life I was pretty happy in my life he wasn't happy in his life and it just was not making for a good relationship both people need to be happy and secure in their lives and then you can come together and maybe it can be a good relationship but that's not what was happening here so when we really talked that through and then and thought about the future of what was gonna happen when he moved back to the East Coast and I was in Seattle. We did decide, okay, we should not talk for like a month or something like that. I think we actually got through not talking for like two weeks and couldn't go any further than that. What I knew was once I understood what had happened, it was easier for me to forgive it, especially when it's like I didn't just jump back into being in a relationship. It was like, okay, we're not together anymore. This happened, you were feeling this way. I guess I forgive the situation because what are you gonna do? Just hold a grudge for the rest of your life? No, like that's not the healthy thing thing to do you're not gonna feel better that way okay when everything first happened that's what I thought you know I was like oh fuck him, like I'm just gonna hate him forever now. But no, you start to realize like you don't feel any better when you just harbor like this hatred towards someone. It just, it doesn't actually help. It's better to somehow find it in yourself to forgive. Once you forgive, you can let go of a situation. That's the key here. You have to get to a point where you can just let go. Cause once you let go of a situation, it's out of sight, it's out of mind and you move on with your life. But if you decide to hold a grudge and have hatred towards someone, you're not letting go of a situation so really not to put it all on him but a big part of it was him not being happy with his life and he wasn't getting that in seattle so he moved back to the east coast and things just changed i mean we had these big conversations about like bigger goals in life we knew we liked spending time together and he knew he needed to change and get it together so he started to do that he always had this dream of wanting to move to new york and so he moved back to the east coast he lived in boston with his parents for a couple months and then he landed a job in new york and he moved there by himself got a place by himself and started to make that happen and started to do really good things for himself and i think he was getting happier with his life as well and seeing that and seeing him getting back on track with things and living out his own dream I don't know. It made me feel like maybe we could make this work again because you're finding your own happiness. Around a month later, I visited him in Boston and I didn't really tell people you know, that I was seeing him because nobody was a fan of that. And in October, that was when I bought my house and then Shelby and my friend Janine wanted to go to New York. And so I decided, oh my gosh, guys, yes, let's go to New York, great idea. This was before my ex-boyfriend had got his job in New York and he was in Boston. And so I was like, just any excuse to get to the East Coast, like, let's go. You know, I, I don't think I was at a point where I was ready to just go out there solely for that. But I had this plan in my mind where I was like, okay, I'm gonna go to New York but I'm gonna fly into Boston a couple days before and I'm gonna not tell anyone about that. And no one's gonna notice, it's gonna be fine. I'm gonna spend some time with him and then I'm gonna go to New York with my friends. So that's what I did. I booked a flight to Boston. I got in a couple days before. We had a great time. It actually makes me sad to think about. Cause it's like you think about the reasons why you get back together with someone and it's because you think maybe they could be the one for you you know and so i was still trying to figure that out pretty much and um he did a bad thing but he had also a really lot of a lot of good qualities and i felt like i could always be myself around him he really like took care of me I think we balanced each other out pretty well I would get stressed out about something so easily and he was able to like deal with me and you know de-escalate me being stressed out about something and he had more patience patience that I didn't have but he was willing to deal with me being impatient (laughs) you know like that's the reasons why I was trying to figure it out like he felt like home So I get there to Boston and we have fun together. And then I took a bus from Boston to New York. It was the weirdest thing ever, taking a bus from boston to new york you guys don't do it take the train book your ticket in advance because taking like a greyhound bus thing like that oh it's so horrible so uncomfortable it took like five or six hours in traffic i hated it a lot so that bus ride sucked but it was worth it to get to be with him for that weekend so i arrived in new york with my bags fresh off a bus and shelby and janine straight up thought i had just come from the airport like i straight up lied to everyone and was like yeah i I just got in today from Seattle. Everything's fine and dandy. And that was a really weird feeling. And that was the first time I kind of lied about things, you know, and just made things secret. And I made things secret because I was afraid of what everyone would think. And my friends that I was living with, like my best friends that you guys probably know from my vlogs and everything like that, they were really, really supportive. They were supportive for me, you know, when everything had happened and they were like, fuck him, like, he sucks and they they really helped me through that so then when I started to talk to him again that made them so angry and rightfully so they were really frustrated on how could I go back to this person that did me wrong like that and I think this is something that a lot of friends deal with and get so frustrated with because you want the best for your friends but you also kind of have to let them do what they're gonna do and I just I couldn't I uh I just wasn't sure about the situation and i wasn't ready to fully say goodbye to him i needed to see things through and see if we could get through things and if maybe we were meant to be together and so i wasn't ready to give up on it at the end of the day that's it i just i wasn't ready to give up on it i needed to try again give it a second chance so that's what i did and i had no one's support like no one so that sucked to know that I was secretive about it and I didn't tell anyone because I didn't want people to try and tell me what to do because that's what happens my friends like sat me down and had this intervention kind of thing pretty much I would call it we're all sitting on the couch I don't remember all that they said I I just remember the first sentence it started with is look it's your life and we're not going to tell you what to do and then the last sentence it started with was but here's what you should do And it was just really frustrating. Everyone was treating me like a child, I feel like, and telling me what I should do based on what they had done in their past. And you just have to let people do what they're going to do. It was really interesting actually being on this side of things where I'm the one that everyone is telling me not to get back together with that person. And it totally makes sense. And it's totally valid. But it really all it did was push me away from them and so i didn't appreciate like i appreciated that they cared and they were trying to lead me in the right direction but i didn't appreciate that when i decided what i wanted to do they i did not have their support at all and that friendship with those girls that's when that friendship really started to fall apart was I think a lot of it was probably because of this, um, but also there's more tea on that. I'll get into that in a whole different episode, you guys, but basically I'm not friends with any of those girls anymore, and yeah, it kind of sucks, but also they really showed their true colors. When I was in high school, my best friend that's still one of my best friends to this day was seeing this guy and he cheated on her, and I got so mad at her for going back to him, and it completely ruined our friendships because I didn't understand why she would go back to him and it made me so mad and it caused a real riff in our friendship for I would say over a year we finally I mean really what it was is I just needed to get over it I needed to realize look she's gonna do what she's gonna do it's her life and you just need to be supportive and so I learned that in high school with that friend and I'm glad I went through that experience because then in this situation I was like look I've been on both sides of this and you can say all day what you think i should do but i'm i'm still just gonna do what i want to do it's my life i'm an adult i can make my own decisions thank you i feel like everyone has a friend who is dating someone that you don't like the thing is you like your friend though and if you actually truly really do care about your friend, you just, I think, need to let things play out. Because if you try and tell them what to do in their relationship, they're not going to listen to you. And you're just going to be pushing yourself away from them. So it's a frustrating situation. And I'm sure I'm going to have friends in the future that are dating people that I'm not the craziest fan of. But that's just that's what I've learned. I even would go as far as to say, like, if I had a friend, and I knew their partner was cheating on them, I would not be the one to tell my friend. What I would do is I'd go to the partner that's cheating and I would blackmail them and say, look, if you don't tell them, I'm going to. So you better tell them. Like I'd force them to do it. Everyone shoots the messenger. If you're the one that gives information, that person's probably going to push you away because they don't want to hear it. I see why people sometimes are like, it's not my place to tell. But I would also be like, look, if someone's going to do something bad like that, they really need to own up to their actions. At the end of the day, that's what needs to happen. They need to own up to their actions. And that's what my ex-boyfriend did. He owned up to his actions. He ended up feeling really bad about it, but it, it took him a little bit, which is a really weird thing to say, but I feel like it kind of took him a bit because he was defensive because everyone has their ego and everyone's going to be defensive and think that they're right about things and I made a YouTube video like shitting on him for like 20 minutes and it got a million and a half views so he had every right to get kind of mad at me as well because I really threw him under the bus and everyone knew who he was and that was not right and to this day I regret putting up that video and I did it because honestly I wanted to hurt him I wanted him to be hurting as bad as I was because I was so frustrated that I felt like he did this horrible thing and I was so sad And it just seemed like he wasn't that sad. And that's something that the remorse from someone's horrible actions, you know, they're not always immediate. And for him, it wasn't really immediate until we started spending time together again and he realized he couldn't really get me back. I was trying so hard to also get back into it, but it was like, after something like that happens, there's just this mental block. And unfortunately, I never saw him the same. Even if I tried so hard to like see him how I did before, I couldn't. This is such an all over the place episode. I'm like bouncing to one subject and then the next. Okay, let's get back on track here really quick. So back to the Boston, New York trip. We had a really good time and that's kind of when I decided I was seeing that he was getting his life together and I was ready to get back into a relationship with him. Meanwhile, I was telling no one about this. It was like my little secret, which did not feel good. I didn't do that on purpose, but I was so scared of what people would think. And I hated not being able to share this part of my life with YouTube either. And that's something for me, it just feels good to clear the air and be like, hey, this is something that I did. Then I got back to Seattle and gosh, I think it was like my old, sorry, my memory like kind of sucks with this, but my- old friends at the time that I was still kind of living with they looked on like Snapchat maps and saw that I was in Boston and so they knew that I was with him and that just made them super angry and that felt so toxic to me okay, you guys are literally looking at my location to see where I'm going and not approving of it. That started to make me feel like I need to get out of this house. I'm a big girl, okay? I'm allowed to go wherever I want. And I felt like these girls were like tracking my every move. And it felt like a lot of it was because yes, they cared, but I feel like also they liked being able to talk shit about something. And they kind of liked the fun of being like, oh my gosh, can you believe she went here? I feel like that's a lot of what was happening. And so it's me trying to live out my life and figure out what's best for me at the expense of all this judgment that was just unnecessary. So those friendships all started to fall apart. And I was well aware of the fact that that was like not a great thing. And it kind of scared me because they. Did mean a lot to me and so it made me feel like geez i'm turning into heidi montag over here we're like heidi and spencer just pushing everyone away but i don't know it just felt like everyone had a problem with it except for us me and him were working through it i was no longer he continued to prove to me that he was in it for me and that he really loved me and that he was trying to better himself for himself but also for me and he was really dedicating to it i look at it as two completely separate relationships it's like before christ after christ before cheating after cheating the Ben and Monica relationship BC versus versus the Ben and Monica relationship AC. I look at them as just totally different things and we both became different people. We both in that time after he screwed up, we both grew up a lot really and became better people. He became such a better person and I knew this was something that he was never going to do again. When someone says they're going to do all these things and you're worried that they're being all talk and no walk, you know, he said he was going to do these things and he did them and he was seriously bettering his life. I was really proud of him and I still am really proud of him like for being in New York and living out his dream that he wanted to do. That's not easy to move by yourself and I know he wasn't going through an easy time and I was happier for where things were going but I couldn't get over the fact that I was afraid to tell anyone in my life. I didn't talk about it with my parents but my parents knew what was going on and they did not approve of it which was pushing me away from them them Shelby did not like it it always she always would make these snide comments you know just like your sister would but it was really beating me down and even just some of my other friends some of them were more open-minded of being like we're just we're gonna support you no matter what you do which I really appreciated but even when they said that like I knew if it were up to them they wouldn't want me in that relationship so it was just really really hard for me. I felt so torn. So to recap things a bit for you guys, we got back together secretly. He moved to New York. I lost all of my best friends that I had been living with over this and some other things. And no one was approving of anything I was doing. And I would kind of secretly on the low fly to go see him every couple of months in New York. One thing that was really hard was we only had like two weeks where we actually were spending a lot of time together before everything went to long distance where we were trying to like get back together. I did worry that there was this pressure of, you know, every time that we did see each other, like for me, it was so fun to go visit him in New York. New York is such a fun place and we always had a really fun time together because it was like vacation almost. When either of us were coming to town, like we were gonna have more time for each other. And so it made me nervous that I didn't know how, you know, with long distance, there has to be like this end goal of, is one of you gonna move to live? with the other and I couldn't commit to being okay with moving to New York especially when the only times we would see each other is for maybe a week at a time every couple of months I didn't know if you know this was just fun vacation feels or if this was for real you know I was like it's such a big risk to move across the country and you know what if I'm living with him for like a month and then feel like I didn't make the right decision and so I started to feel this pressure of like not knowing what I was doing because we both couldn't just live in this limbo of long distance but he was going to move back to seattle and i wasn't going to move to new york you know i i started doing these things for myself without even thinking about him and that's when i realized that was a problem you know like i bought a house in seattle and that was a personal thing that i did not with him in mind i got a dog Like that really ties me down to living somewhere where it's dog friendly, which is not as much New York. That was something I personally did because I needed that for myself. Like, hi, I just lost all my friends. Why do you guys think I got a dog? Because I was lonely and I needed a companion and I love my dog so much. And honestly, I would not trade him for those old friends. Like love my dog more than them. And then I started thinking about how me and Shelby want to get this house in Palm Springs. And I started to realize like my life is so tied to the West Coast and the pressure of being alienated From my friends and family was really getting to me. And I think it was in April. I was at my brother's house. And my brother is like seven years older than me. And we've never really been that close. But he just he sat me down and was like, Monica, what are you doing? I'll support you in whatever you do. But I know you've been like seeing him on the low, but you need to make a decision. Like, you're either gonna be in it and like be public about it and let everyone know, or you need to end it and like you need to figure out what you're doing and I couldn't get myself to be public about things because I was so afraid of how everyone would judge me for it coupled with just not knowing for sure where things were going the only thing I knew for sure was that I needed to be by myself I think I finally came to that conclusion where I was like I think the relationship after cheating this new relationship that had formed it was going pretty good but it was not going good enough for all the unhealthy things it was also adding to my life. Like all the disapproval I was getting from my friends and family that mean a lot to me and I'm just not someone that can fully go against them. It sucks because in this sort of situation where you get back together with someone that cheated on you and you're the one getting back together and you were cheated on, everyone looks at you as weak and like stupid and pathetic for getting back together with that person and I knew that that's how people were looking at me and I hated it. I knew deep down I was very well aware of why I got back together with that person and it wasn't because I needed them and it wasn't because I had nothing else to go to or no support system. You know, I was aware of all of these things of how people were probably looking at me and I just kind of want to go back to how people that haven't been in this sort of situation just look at it so black and white like then break up with them it's over they did this but there are also a lot of relationships where there has been infidelity and people are able to get back together and figure it out that kind of thing happens probably more than we know it's just no one's talking about it obviously and my biggest regret and the biggest problem was at the end of the day I was so public about it and everyone knew literally a million and a half people knew I dug my grave you know if I wanted people to not know I should have just shut the fuck up and dealt with it myself but i wasn't able to do that and i can say like i regret making that video i regret being so vocal about things it's probably the biggest thing i've learned is to be very careful with how much you share with people and maybe you know when you're going through a, like a really big issue talk to a therapist about it don't just talk to all your friends and family about it your friends and family care about you so obviously it's a great thing that they care so much about your relationship but it's kind of unfair when they try and just completely butt into it and tell you what to do but i dug my own grave in the sense that i overshared information that the whole that the whole public did not need to really know and And that's something that I learned. Be careful with what you tell people because your friends and family can't unhear things. When you confide in your friend about how your boyfriend was maybe being a little bit controlling one day, your friend's going to start internally thinking I don't like so-and-so's boyfriend because they're controlling because that's the story that you're telling them. I'm not saying if someone does cheat on you to not tell anyone because I think that also would be super unhealthy like some people probably should know what's you know seriously going on and you shouldn't like fully hide things either but I learned to not be so open because when you open yourself up to so many people you're just asking for their criticism. Okay so I'm gonna try and get to some sort of ending to this. I know it's been all over the place. You know we got back together and a big part of it for me was realizing why the person did what they did and once you both can get there can you kind of get to a place where you're like okay I can trust that this won't happen again and the reason that I want to fight for you is because I love you and care about you and I I want to see if we can make this work yeah I think it's just really important to be able to accept why something happened and then from there can you forgive it and in my case I was able to do that you know my ex-boyfriend he was a really good guy before I first ever dated him all my friends told me he was like the nicest guy ever like he would not hurt a fly just a really good person and there are a lot of really great qualities about him our relationship got to not very good place and I think a lot of it just came out of immaturity from both of us I think we were both immature it was both our first relationships and he messed up and he did it in a really insecure moment and he thought that then maybe we're gonna break up I mean he was going through a lot of stuff like he just did not know what he wanted to do with his life at all you guys he wanted to teach English in Thailand or something I think it was very clear that we should have broken up then but then after he did what he did and we talked and we had all these feelings involved he switched and he became a better person and the person I wanted him to become more and I think that he wanted to become more too and I was so happy that he got a job and was making all these friends and living in his dream city and doing these things and that put us in a lot better of a place and things were pretty good but unfortunately all this pressure of everyone around me also knowing all this dirty laundry of what happened and judging me for it and just putting me in this bucket of being like weak and pathetic for going back to him even though in reality you know, we cared for each other and we're trying to make things happen. And he really changed his ways, which I fully believe that people can do. It's why we got back together and why things were going well. So then why did we end up breaking up? And basically, I, for one, I I could not take it anymore. Like when my brother sat me down, I just knew that I, I couldn't get myself to be really public and okay with it. And as horrible as that was, it just made me feel like I guess I need to break up. Then with all the pandemic stuff, it put even more pressure on everything. And it really made me think harder about my life and how if I'm in this relationship that's so 3,000 miles away it became like this in-between of me not knowing what to do and I couldn't be living in this limbo and I couldn't be living in this relationship where I was afraid to talk about it with people and that I knew people resented me for it or looked down upon me for it and I think that if we were fully fully meant to be together and just had this like extreme spark that was an undeniable love that you just couldn't stop then we still would be together but I think there were also all these uncertainties and it just made me realize like I need to break up with this person it was really hard though breaking up with someone just sucks and it feels like it's a total mind fuck to have to be like we need to cut things off and I care about you and you care about me but we need to not be together and it's just so confusing for your human brain to like have to cut things off especially when it's walking away from someone that really cares about me and it just feels like it doesn't make sense to do but I knew that I guess I needed to because when I asked myself like do I see myself marrying this person I started to feel like I don't know And there's like that saying, you're either too scared to leave or you're too scared to stay. And I started to feel too scared to stay because it was asking myself really those big questions and dwelling on them for a little bit and knowing if I feel unsure about those two things, I should not be in this relationship right now. I'm better off on my own. And even though it's going to suck and I'm going to miss that person, that's what I need to do for myself right now. So a little bit of a crazy mess, but that is the story of how my boyfriend cheated on me, how we got back together, and why we ended up once again breaking up. I forgave what happened, and I let go of that. I just want to say, like, truly, my ex-boyfriend, I am happy for him. Like, I think he is a good person. I respect him, and I hope if you guys can imagine who he is if you still kind of know who he is that what he did that that mistake he made doesn't define him All right. I wanted to read some millennial life crises of the week. You guys can email these into millennial at gmail.com. My millennial life crisis of the week has been a part of my millennial life crisis of the last year. Um, I was talking to this guy who I had previously known for two months. We had been hanging out and all that good stuff. Then all of a sudden, one day, he ghosted me for over a month until he reached out and said, miss you. And then my dumbass replied, we continued to talk for over two months until he did the same thing again. Again, this time unadding me. Turns out the first time he ghosted me, he started dating his girlfriend, and now wife and baby mama. I've been doing really well considering the circumstances, but I had a dream about our situation this week, and now all of the feelings of heartbreak resurfaced. I'm just trying to learn how to truly forgive, like Monica mentioned in her solo podcast, so I can truly move on for good. Okay, I'm going to keep her name anonymous just in case, but thank you so much for setting this in. I really felt for this because I've been through a similar situation. You know, I had a friend in the past that we kind of liked each other and he did this exact same shit to me. I kid you not we kind of at the very beginning of meeting had romantic feelings never did anything about it okay and then he would start talking to me for like days on end we'd like snapchat and whatever for like 30 days in a row we'd have like a snapchat streak and it sounds stupid right it's just social media but I don't know about you guys I don't just like actually send snapchats to like my friends and like keep up a streak It's not something I do. It's it's only something I would do, I guess, with someone that I really liked. It's not something I'd ever do anymore. I'm like, Snapchat is so annoying. Texting is so annoying. If you want to see me, make a plan and let's meet in person. I think all that stuff is such stupid bullshit. But it happened to me in the past as well, where he would talk to me and then all of a sudden, yeah, kind of like ghost me for like a month or two and then do the same thing again. Like, yeah, talk to me. And the same thing happened, like I would find out through the grapevine that he would start seeing some girl and I would hear it through maybe we we had mutual friends and I'd be hanging out with the mutual friends and they would mention something about him dating someone and I would just hear it in passing and it would crush me and it made me feel horrible and I would get those feelings of heartbreak too because he was using me for attention when he was in between girls essentially is what he was doing and I it took me a long time to realize that and it was really frustrating for me and I eventually did kind of call him out on this years later you know it is pretty hard to forgive in this sort of situation because it's really frustrating because he probably doesn't understand he was at a like low point of obviously if he needed to hit you up and he needed attention from you he obviously was not feeling very good about himself you know what I mean like people that are happy with themselves don't feel the need to play games with others and just try and get their attention like think about it you know if you were to go on a dating site and try and talk to someone it's because you feel like you need this validation and you need this attention and he was getting it from you and he knew he'd get it from you because yes you did reply and the exact same thing happened to me and it was so frustrating because you know eventually i I started to realize the signs and the patterns and it just frustrated me and i just stopped talking to him you know and it, it hurt me along the way as well and i think in this situation, the only way to forgive is to take a step back from this situation and try and pull your emotions away from it and truly look at the situation for what it is. Don't look at it with this blind eye of, oh, but he was talking to me because he likes me. And if he likes me a little bit, then I know he does kind of like me. You have to see it for what it is. And if he is with his wife now, his baby mama got back together with that girl. He was using you at the time. He was just using you for attention. And it's not cool that he did that. One thing that really sucks for your situation is it sounds like you didn't really get any closure and you were just left ghosted and confused. And unfortunately, sometimes you just don't get closure and you just have to look at the facts of the situation for what they are now. It's hard and you might still harbor these feelings for a while. He clearly had an impression on you where you had feelings for him very quickly and so it's very hurtful that he did this and said that he misses you and all, all these things and sometimes I feel like the path to forgiveness takes longer and you might not forgive him and you might feel a little bit frustrated by this until you meet someone where you don't care about him anymore. I'm sorry I don't have like a 100% better response for you. The best thing that I could tell you with my own perception of this is he was using you for attention. If you find that you're getting sad about it, maybe focusing on whenever this person comes up focusing on but I'm gonna find someone I don't know who that is right now. I don't know what they look like. I don't know where in the earth they are, but it's going to happen one day and then this isn't going to matter and that's, that's all I can tell you. I'm so sorry you're going through that though. That is so frustrating and I know exactly how it feels and it's so frustrating that that person that's playing you like that probably doesn't realize how it's making you feel at all and even if you told them like they still probably wouldn't get it and it sucks. Okay, guys, that is it for today's episode of Millennial Life Crisis. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, Be sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at Millennial Life Crisis. And uh, you can also follow me, Monica, at Monica Church. And if you have any questions for me or you need any advice of your own, you can also personally DM me on any of those Instagram accounts. And I check my DMs pretty frequently. Just hit me up and I will try to reply. I just recently got a new phone because I dropped my phone in the ocean over the weekend and my new phone the screen actually works a lot better my old phone was super broken so I'm getting a lot better at replying to DMs so now is your chance to DM me if you need to hear from me for some reason thank you guys for listening me and Shelby will see you guys next week bye